0: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Rob, we got a great guest today. By the way, I was just in Germany. I was uh, touring with my band. Another actor with a fucking band, dude. But you know what? I love it. Left on laurels—the name of our band. Have you heard some of our music? You have. No, you no. liked it. I haven't heard any of it. Well, our album's coming out soon. Will you buy one? Um, maybe. Just say you won't. I won't. Yeah, no. I know you won't. You'll make me give you just give you one, and then you won't even listen to it. You'll give it to your brother in law or something that loves me. That's but likely. You, but you don't love me. That's likely what'll happen. Anyway, our guest today is Jennifer Morrison. You've seen her in Many Things House. Uh, she was in a Star Trek movie, wasn't she? Yeah, and her dad is Jim Morrison. <laughs> that's not true. No? I thought, yeah. Jim Morrison, the. Uh, yeah, from the doors? No, no, that's not. That's not. That's not who it mm. is. Or Van. Her dad's not Van or Jim. She was in Warrior with Tom Hardy, Nick Nolte. She's a, she's a great actress, man. And we have a really special story. My dog Blanche. I got her in Salt Lake City, and that's Jennifer was there, and she helped me get this dog. Uh, she she was inspirational. Yeah, in you guys it. stole the dog, and uh, we didn't steal the dog, but we rescued it from the Humane Society. And uh, she's got a lot of great stories. She's she's a she's a worker. She's one of these people that just love to work, and you know, she's great. Inside of you is brought to you by Canvas People. Hang on, I just went to J.C. and
1: you took some portraits by yourself.
0: I took some pictures from my band left on Laurel, which I'll be posting. But you know what I did as a gift? Because the the band they don't listen to my podcast. No, I went to Canvas People, and I'm getting pictures framed in like canvas.
1: You're getting them blown up for so Christmas. Yeah. So you guys are huge.
0: Yep. We wore like Santa hats, and you know, like we we rode a sled. It was fun. <laughs> it was, dude. It was. Uh, we had a ball. It was like it was really cheap, but uh, the canvas people, man, it's where it's at. It's like it's, yeah, I'm telling you, these are unique gifts, Rob. We talked about this before. You did it for your uh, brother-in-law.
1: I have, yeah, I have tons of canvas prints
0: from all, all around my. House. There's one in my uh, guest room right now. Yep, there is. You want? Uh, you need Tom Welling to sign. Yep, he's doing it. Yep. I think this is pretty. uh, Why don't you tell them a little bit about what canvas people do? Well, canvas uh,
1: people—they take your favorite memories and they print them so you can cherish them and make beautiful prints that are on your wall.
0: It's it's as simple as that. It's affordable and it's unique. And instead of going, "Hey, here's a framed picture," canvas people—you can put it on canvas and it just looks so much cooler and it's unique. Yeah, it looks like a work of art. Yep. And now is a special, very limited holiday offer. CanvasPeople.com is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvases for free.
1: That's right, guys. It's free. These normally sell for sixty nine ninety nine, but for this week only, you'll pay
0: nothing. All you have to do is cover shipping and handling. To get your free canvas, text IOU to 797979. Just pay shipping and handling.
1: This offer won't last. Text IOU to 797979. That's IOU to 797979.
0: Message and data rates may apply. I think you're going to really enjoy the story. It's a it's a nice story. So uh, let's get inside of Jennifer Morrison. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. We're it's right? kind of far away the table from her, isn't it, Rob? What about this? But that's where it always yeah, is. That's fine, but I'm just saying if the table was any closer, closer, <laughs> <laughs> I sound like Chevy Chase and some of the closer, there? closer, like a Christmas Vacation when he's frozen. Normal. Here's the problem: if we move that, Rob would be closer to me, and I don't like that. <laughs> I, I don't understand. like that either.
2: I don't know. I just met Rob. I don't know.
0: Jen, uh Morrison, thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. <laughs> Oh, God, Well, that's just something we say. It's not just something new. He's never said that before. He's lying. But to you, it's new because you obviously haven't heard the show. You haven't listened to it. That's fine. It's a new show. Our numbers are skyrocketing (laughs) lately. Listen,
2: I had faith in you without even hearing the show. I I feel like that says more. Why did you have faith in me? I'm just saying like I'm here. It's not like I listened to the show and vetted it to to make sure that it wasn't going to go weirdly.
0: It's, you, looked it's into kind of be, you looked into it, didn't you? I really didn't. You really didn't.
2: I honestly just didn't have time.
0: You didn't. You're you're an incredibly busy person.
2: Uh, yeah, you are. I'm not. I, that sounds so obnoxious no, when someone says it's it.
0: Honest, aren't you? Some people have to be busy. Some people will look crazy. I don't want
2: to be busy though. I don't I, either, I and I break.
0: try not to. Why do you always work? Are you just so talented? I know you're a Steppenwolf grad. I know you've you've been all over the country. You've been in major motion pictures. You have been in successful movies, TV, all this stuff. But you, you haven't, I mean.
2: I feel like I just gave you permission to stalk me by doing this podcast.
0: Well, I told you I got to do some research. But I knew stuff about you. Now, no, how do we meet? I don't remember. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> we met uh, with my friend Dax. Okay. I think he knew you, mm-hmm. and we went to your apartment in, I don't know where it was, and I think you know, to get a roommate.
2: Was my apartment, do you in remember Studio what City? year? Oh, in Studio City. So that was the one that was on Bluffside, probably. Maybe. I don't the remember Archstone. the address. That, that felt, would be yeah, that, that felt a little bit like Melrose Place over there. Was- but I, I remember,
0: I was like, drawn. you. I was like, wow, oh, she's really attractive, and she's really funny, and uh, you had no interest at the time. And it was fine. It was just totally <laughs> cool. I was like, you know what? Plenty of fish in the sea. She's not into it. She's a Midwestern girl. It doesn't matter. You got to just like. But I remember that. But you were also uh, you said you were here with a, a group of people or whatever at my house. I at
2: some point ended up at your house because I remember that was with Dax. Dax was house. friends with you. Yeah.
0: You don't remember being friends? Well, no, with No, I remember
2: being friends with Dax. I don't remember how I met Dax either, though. Like that's what's weird. I I remember you know being friends with him, and his first wife was her last name was Morrison.
0: I don't think she was married.
2: Oh, or I guess like It was his long...
0: open relationship girlfriend. Brilliant. Oh. Brilliant. He talks about her but in the her,
2: podcast. Her, her last name is Morrison. So I, I remember that connection. Yeah. I think that's how he and I started talking at some point. He's like, oh my God, my girlfriend's last name is Morrison. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay. Uh, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I have memory issues.
0: Do you remember meeting me though? No.
2: Oh. <laughs> I mean, not, I know. At all. I remember knowing you. I know we went to dinner. I know we talked a few times. I know at some point I ended up at your house because I remember your house, okay. but I don't
0: remember. <laughs> is, that just sounds like a horrible nightmare, <laughs> or or a blessing, or uh, look.
2: You probably had a group of people over. Yes, or something. of
0: course. Why would you be over here if there wasn't a group of people over? You, there's no reason to trust me. I'm a twenty-something-year-old actor who's. Here's the You had no hair. B- That's the thing. I remember you had no I hair. I saw you at this convention which was Salt Lake City.
2: <laughs> no, that was I don't know they all run it together. It was either Toronto, matter. Atlanta or Salt Lake City. It was
0: Atlanta and I went up to you and go, "Hey," and you looked at me like
2: no, you came into focus. You're being it was nice. Literally... You're being
0: nice. But no, then you at noticed first. Me. Yeah. yeah, but
2: I. But see, people give me shit for this because I'm honest when I don't remember. Good.
0: I'm not. And people are like, oh, my God,
2: how can you do that? You know, how can you just say, I don't remember this person? I was like, because sometimes people think they know me and they don't. And then it's really awkward if you pretended like you knew them and then you work out that you don't know them at all. And then they know you were lying. But here's the thing.
0: It takes too much time for someone to come up to you and go, hey, man, where do we meet? Or, hey, how – if they just come up to me and they say, hey, how are you? How you been? I'm just like, great. How are you? (laughs) Because most likely the conversation will end soon. (laughs) Right. If you say, I I don't remember. And then it's like, wait, you don't (laughs) remember? And then it turns into a 10-minute conversation with someone you'll never see again.
2: Yeah, but see, look, I said I didn't remember and then here we are.
0: Ooh. That's true. You looked at me and then you went, "Oh, oh my god!" And then yeah. I said, "Oh my god, you, you gave have me hair. A hug and you were really sweet." I was like, "Oh my god, she hasn't changed. You haven't changed.
2: <laughs> Thank you. You
0: really do stay." This is something like I was stalking your Instagram. I was just looking at stuff. I always have people ask questions and mm-hmm. stuff, but I was looking at. It. Your Instagram and and uh, Karen Gillan, who's on the show, mm-hmm. she commented, "Oh my God, how do you do? Like something? You're so in shape." And I noticed that because do you tell your age? You don't tell your age, right?
2: No, I mean I prefer it not on, to. Is it on Wikipedia? I'm sure it's on. Yeah, I'm sure it's so on So
0: we could just say it. Yeah, I'm 39. I wasn't gonna say it. I was just kidding, and you said it.
2: Well, it's it on the matter. internet. I because mean, there's you nothing we can look, do about it. You
0: look. Like thir- 29. Thank you. It's got to be harder for women. It is harder for women, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Do you feel like you have to work out every day? Is it something that you, do you like to do or you feel compelled to do it or you ha- – you know?
2: I think it started as feeling like something I had to do for sure. It's a part of my life in, in a way that I really enjoy now. So it it's something that I just – Yes, there's a vanity to wanting to stay in shape and take care of my body and all that stuff. But then the other side of it is like mentally and creatively, I feel better when I work out every day.
0: Well, do you think it's intimidating to men, though, who want to like, you know, want to ask you out when they see how like you're so in shape, you're so together, you're rich, uh, you know, (laughs) you you're smart You uh, and and I noticed this too. I I looked at all these guys, the relationships that you've had, Mm -hmm. and they're just really beautiful people. And that's intimidating (laughs) to a guy like me. I'm looking at like I'm an average looking guy, you know, I've got a personality, but I look at you and I'm like, God, she's just but she goes out with this guy Amori from Prison Break, he's like a Brazilian bombshell. He goes out with this other hot, what the guy, what the fuck's this guy's name? Oh, god, my assistant, when I said Sebastian Sebastian Stan, my friend Shira literally had an orgasm on the phone just from the name are you attracted to really attractive people hang
2: on let's just for a second let's look at this group of men and they look nothing alike
0: yeah well they have one thing in common they're tens
2: (laughs) they are tens
0: but you didn't stay with them
2: but it didn't work but I don't really have a type. Like, everyone's always like, what's your type? Like, if you look at, and I'm, I'm only listing the relationships people happen to know about because I obviously don't want to bring attention to things that don't need attention. But, you know, if you look at the relationships that the world happen to know about, which is Jesse Spencer, Amadi Nolasco, Sebastian Stan, uh, I think those are the three that the world kind of knows right. about. Uh, All those, from work, sort of. Uh, two, two or three. Kind of. Because, like, you know, Jesse, I feel like, is the only one that – I always have a rule that I don't date anyone while I'm working with them. And so Jesse, after you could – yeah. Yeah. Jesse was the only exception to the rule because we worked together for six years. I had and, that rule too. And it was sort of, kind of like, this is crazy. We're working 20-hour days. We're not meeting anyone else. Like uh, We obviously have this attraction. What do we do? Wait six years to find out what this would be? Um, but with the exception of that, I always feel like you don't want to blur the lines because you don't really know – when you're in the foxhole with a group of people, you have this – Really intense, very quick intimacy with everybody, and it's hard to sort of sort through that and figure out what feelings are yours, what feelings are the character, what feelings are just because you're like in this thing together with someone. So I always feel like if there's something really there, then it'll s- still last afterwards, you know. Yeah. And I'd rather not make it muddy and weird. Are you friends
0: with these people after? Uh, most of them. Most of them. Yeah. It seems to me like you're the one who usually ends it.
2: Oh my, you're really just going for
0: it. (laughs) I'm I'm not even, this is, wait, wait, Rob, Rob, what do you you call this? You you have a name for it. He says, he said this with a smile. Genuine ignorance? Genuine ignorance. I like that. I almost think that should be my podcast, genuine ignorance, because I'm not trying to, I say things sometimes, and I'm not even trying to, Mm. I just, there's something that I. If
2: you're aware of the phrase genuine ignorance, then you're not genuinely ignorant. Well,
0: he said it. I didn't make it up. He made it up.
2: Right, but now you know about it.
0: Well, I'm being genuine, and if sometimes it, <laughs> it, it, it sounds ignorant, then that's, uh, I'm sorry. You're always busy. You're always working. This makes relationships harder, that's right? That's true, yeah. Does it, do, you, do you tend to date guys who are sort of, in a way, unavailable, or like, you know that you have your own space a lot, and you'll see them a little or a lot? Is um, it-
2: there might be some truth to that. I, I don't know. I don't know that it would. I would ever say that I intentionally made that decision. It's really tricky, particularly because of the network television schedule. So, I mean, if you add up the combination of sort of guest arcs I did and then doing house for six years, how I met your mother for a year, and then once upon a time for six years, it it just, it became nearly 14 years, 14, 15, give or take, of like nonstop 18, 19 hour days between memorizing, getting up, pre-call, you know, all that stuff. So when you're doing that and you have a contract and you feel like the you lucky you need your time No 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 I don't mean that I like you feel like the luckiest person in the world that you get to do what you love every day and you're so grateful and excited you're like I don't want to be mad at this you know but what you are trading off is time to be yourself yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. so so that there's like a really tricky push and pull there where I think probably my dating history would be very different if I hadn't been on those shows because, yeah, I, I mean, you meet someone, and then if that person is available to see you the th- three weekends away from where you are, when you happen to come home again, you're like, oh, I'll, we'll, we'll go on a second date. This is exciting. This person's available when I happen to be available. You know, and not to say that I haven't, obviously, I've been very attractive and connected to the people that I've dated, or I wouldn't have dated them, but you don't necessarily kind of learn what you want and what you don't want in the same way that I think someone who doesn't have that schedule does. How much
0: does uh, charisma play in a relationship <laughs> like if you meet somebody and they're just really charming they make you smile they're fun to be around is that above looks
2: yeah i think so well what if
0: the looks are like a seven
2: <laughs> are we talking about you What's no it's about rob actually rob <laughs> my
0: producer all right let me take this back because you know let's say let's say life was different for you <laughs> yes let's say you were still back in arlington heights okay illinois Yes, you know where I'm from. You know where I grew up. Where? Indiana, southern oh, yeah. Indiana. Yeah, very,
2: very similar to Arlington Heights, Illinois.
0: Probably. I've never been to Arlington Heights. Go ahead, Rob. You're begging to say something. I grew up in Hoffman Estates. No. Mm-hmm.
2: Holy shit, we're neighbors. Yep. Estates? What high school did you go to? A friend. Yeah. Oh, we competed with you guys. You guys yeah. were 211 district 211, or yeah, because yeah, we were 214, but we would play. I didn't play. Our but sports would cross yeah, with Rob you guys. Was a nerd. I isn't
0: a nerd. No, um, you weren't a nerd. You're not he's an athlete. Dude, this guy can hit the freaking softball. My bet. He can. He's like a great athlete. I was surprised when I saw him. I think he was surprised that I was better than he thought I'd be. You were better than I thought you'd be. A lot better, let's be
2: honest. You guys are so cute. Can you
0: believe Rob's twenty nine? He has a kid already. What? 30, 30. With a little baby. Holy shit. Can you believe could you imagine yourself back in Illinois as a thirty nine year old woman with an eleven year old and a you'd be you'd be certainly be married if you lived back in Arlington. I don't know. I'd be married if I was in India, maybe two or three times.
2: Maybe I don't. Uh.
0: What was it like growing up? Did you have good parents?
2: I have great parents. Um, my parents. Are still together? Which they're
0: is, teachers, right? Yep.
2: And they're te- my dad was a high school music teacher, and my mom worked with him because he had a nationally competitive high school marching band.
0: What's a music therapist, though? Your mom's a, your, your sis- sister. Your sister's a, music a me- What does that mean? So
2: she went through grad school to do all the normal sort of studies that you would go through to be a therapist, and alongside that, because she is incredibly musically gifted, I guess the, I, I'm not going to explain this as well as she would. So if whoever out there is a music therapist who's listening to this, forgive me for however I messed this up, but what I do know is like she works with anyone, especially kids who have trouble communicating. So, A lot of people think, oh, music therapy is like you play therapy to make someone feel better or you play music to make someone feel better. It's actually using musical instruments to help someone communicate when they don't have words. Wow. So, you know, kids who are autistic or um, have Down syndrome or uh, have had strokes or adults who have aphasia from a stroke, anyone who has language taken away from them in some way or struggles to access it in some way, she uses music to help them express themselves. And it really is incredible to watch because that's beautiful yeah you watch these kids who might be throwing tantrums because they can't express that they just need water or they need a hug or affection. They don't have the access to language to do it. And so she lets them develop a language with the instruments that they're gravitating to. And then they're able to communicate so then there's less frustration. And then when language starts to become available to them, they transition into being articulate a lot faster because they've been able to express themselves through this sort of musical language they now have that skill set and they can transfer it into actual words. And
0: to me music music to a lot of people is everything. Like for me I always wanted to be a musician. I never had the greatest voice, but I started a band and I'm I just love it. I feel good when I'm playing it. There's something just special about it. And my mom always had these 70s love songs and these 80s mm-hmm. growing up, you know, and yeah. I always had music in the house and it just made me happy even today. You know, I need Steve Perry's Foolish Heart playing on the radio and in the car and I'm calm. Yeah. And it just, it creates like, so I could understand how someone who has communication problems, music, like, also you played the clarinet. Yes. Is the clarinet the smallest instrument or is it the flute? No,
2: I think a flute's smaller.
0: How big is a clarinet? Show me a... It's
2: like... That's a long long, thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's (laughs) not like a... I wouldn't consider it like a sexy instrument.
0: (laughs) I didn't say it was. (laughs) I, I... Wait, what's, what, what's a sexy instrument? Like the kazoo. That's not a sexy it's instrument. I you
2: know smaller. a guitar. A guitar is a sexy instrument. Ooh, you know? A, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think most string instruments, I think, are, I don't know. Uh, you see those over there? Oh, yeah, see? Yeah. I'm...
0: Those are five guitars <laughs> right there. So, all right, you played the clarinet in high school? I did. Were you good? They're, Can you still you pick know, it up and yeah, play it? Yeah,
2: no, I'm very good. I don't really know what I'll ever do with that skill. I would need to get my endurance back, but yeah. I was very naturally good at it. What does
0: a clarinet sound like?
2: It's a horn instrument. Well, it's... I don't think any instrument sounds like that. Yeah, that's terrible. I just can't, I can't picture or... I am try- I don't know how to explain what a clarinet sounds like. I-, I mean, can we pull up some clarinet music? Rob,
0: so your parents were there. They were good. They were present. They were teachers. They educated. Because you're a very well-educated person here. Thank you. Yeah. I, mean, I could sense that. Do you, uh, do you date guys that are equally smart or smarter, or can you date guys that are
2: that's right. the string part you know what's
0: great is we could play this and we don't have to pay for it because it's so old that they can't charge yeah. us
2: there you go that's what a clarinet sounds like You can
0: Can you play this
2: yeah I have played you this you can play this yeah I've played this solo can yeah. you play this for me sometime <laughs> I don't know I like I said I need to get my endurance back
0: alright it's about to get that, that's actually be- oh keep playing it
2: it's free. <laughs> yeah just like that
0: oh that's gorgeous um, I, I could listen to some classical occasionally. Mm-hmm. What kind of music do you listen to?
2: I have a pretty wide spectrum. I When I'm working, I listen to classical music almost exclusively because I can't really concentrate when there's lyrics. So when I need to be really focused on something creatively, I have my classical music that I go back to. Um, in the mornings when I get up, I always put on like Chet Baker, jazz, like that's sort of my, I have a very extensive morning routine. Um, and so there's always kind of sort of chill music in the morning. And then like I like hip hop and I like I mean, I even like top forty. I know everybody kind of like thinks that's not top a cool forty thing. now. And whenever, you know, like See, I not, just no. I don't have I'm not real picky. I, I I'm not gonna sit in the car and listen to that over and over again, but if I get in the car and that's on, it's not gonna bother me. You know, Okay, what well I
0: mean? I'm gonna give you a test here. Can you listen to uh the Commodores? Yeah. Can you listen to a foreigner? Yeah. Can you listen to Chicago?
2: Yeah. I love all those bands. You
0: could – Gin Blossoms, Wallflowers, Eagles.
2: Yeah. I've been to Eagles concerts, yeah. Me too.
0: Okay, so – Could you only listen to those bands? Over and over. I'm kind of like until somebody sticks something in my ear and goes, (laughs) fucking listen to this, it's hard. I'm a little bit – what's the word? Stubborn. I kind of like my 70s and 80s and 60s, even a little 50s. I like easygoing music, but sometimes I'll – you know. Like that one song by uh, what's the like um, T Rex? No, the the car. People are doing the videos with the car and they're getting out of the car and showing the like, Kiki, get your
2: breakdown.
0: Uh, Drake, Drake with the song. You know what I'm talking about when they're doing the videos with the with the car. They're filming themselves out of the car with doing the dance.
2: I don't see a lot of music videos, so I don't know. It's all over In
0: little... my feelings. Yeah, can't play that though. We'll have to pay for it, right? Mm. Anyway, so okay, so you listen to everything. But you seem yeah. like like you're like a – I mean, look, you're very laid back. You're chill. You're cool. You're fun. But you're also – I don't want to say elegant. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll take it. I mean, are you someone who likes to go – eat at really nice places all the time
2: no no can you
0: I, go get a burger at like uh, somewhere easily
2: a hundred percent you can you yeah. eat meat
0: you don't you're not a vegan
2: no i i mean i try to as i've gotten older this is part of being healthy i definitely eat less meat but not because i have a really strong aversion to it but because i feel like i'm healthier when i'm kind of sticking with veggies and fish yep so it's more kind of driven from a health perspective. But, yeah, I, I always feel like I try to be super, super healthy when I'm working and kind of during the weekend. And then that way, like, if I have a nice dinner, I go out. I don't have to overthink about what I'm ordering. Are you a I,
0: homebody? you like to order food in and just chill?
2: I like that, but I also like to go out. Like, I, I really – I. this sounds weird, but I do really like both. You know, I, yeah. I definitely um, – I like my time to myself or I like, you know, time to be with just whoever I'm dating or, or just be home with friends or whatever. But I also really enjoy going out and wearing a cute dress and going yeah. to a fancy restaurant. You know, I like having a mixture
0: Do you like to do, uh, I mean, what do you do for fun? Like, what is your idea of fun? Like, where where do you go for the holidays? Where do you go on a trip? What do you, what do you do?
2: I'd love to know. (laughs) So you really
0: don't travel a lot? No,
2: I mean, I travel, but for work, you know, Uh, I used to try, I backpacked in college and loved that. And I did used to travel, but when I had time, um, but now because I'm away all the time for work, I just like to be home. I'm always trying to find an excuse to be at my house, you know, here or New York.
0: Do you really wish you could? I mean, do you want to be able to just do nothing for a while? Yeah. Do you you hope that? Well, you know, there's an easy solution to that. It's the word no.
2: I know. But see, the thing is, here we can have this conversation. I try. Like this stretch of time, I was hang out with me. I'll teach you how
0: to say it over and over. (laughs) No, no, no. 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 (laughs) But you get some big offers. Like I get some offers that are nice every once in a while. But a lot of them are just like, you know, what? I don't, you know, I don't need to do this.
2: It's hard when it feels like it could be life-altering in your future in a way that you've dreamed of. Like this podcast. Yes. I mean, I couldn't say no to this. Yeah, You know, it's like I'm developing a project with Sony right now as a director. And if opportunities, if doors start opening with that or there's certain moments, I can't – I just feel like how do I say no? You know, because this is a chance to – as a young f- filmmaker, female filmmaker, be able to potentially direct a franchise for a major studio. Like a I'm not franchise,
0: gonna... yeah. Because you just directed Sun Dogs, yeah, which you should see. Where's where's that? Where can it's they get on that? Netflix. It's on Netflix, yeah. and uh, Allison Janney's in that.
2: Yeah, she's amazing.
0: Did, how was it your first directorial experience? I mean, did you? I mean, that. I directed a movie, and it's the hardest thing ever. I made the mistake of being in it, the mm, lead.
2: Yeah, that's way harder. But yeah. it
0: was just. One of the most, and every time I talk to any director, it's the most difficult thing you'll ever do. It's like you're at the end where you just feel like you're going to die. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, but I was also so excited. I mean, it was invigorating and life threatening.
0: It was. I'm telling you, I thought <laughs> so. I just remember being in the car with my friend Tom Denin, who came out to sort of be my assistant, and they're my best friends. And they're sitting in the car, and we're driving at 6 a.m. to set. And I'm in the back seat, and I just go. This is the volume I had. I could actually, Mm -hmm. it works because I have a microphone. I go, I think I need to go to the hospital. (laughs) And Nene goes, she goes, (laughs) and then switched conversation, but she never looked back to see me. If she looked back at me when I said- (laughs) She would
2: have known you meant it.
0: I think I need to go to the hospital. (laughs) They would have taken me to the hospital. I was depleted of all energy. There were days where my friend was like, you haven't sat down in eight hours. You haven't eaten today. Yeah. I was like getting too skinny. It was just like so stressed. It was just, it's like, it's a lot.
2: It is a lot. But it's you want lot. to
0: continue this. You, you, you potentially might direct a franchise. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about that?
2: I can't get into what it's about, but. Um, uh, is it I fantasy? Can... No, actually, it's not. It's um, it, it's like taking a historical figure and, and making a sort of action hero out of them.
0: Like George Washington. Yeah. He could chuck apples as a exactly. superpower. Yeah, exactly. But you just can't say anything. Maybe I hit, did I nail that one? No, George I'm just not Washington. allowed to talk about it. Uh, when I said George Washington, you looked at me like, should we edit this part out?
2: No, no, it's fine. I just, it's not about George Washington, but. Um, <laughs> I thought I nailed It's a great it. pseudonym. No. No.
0: <laughs> I'm an idiot. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. This is an amazing platform. I use it on both podcasts. It has worked wonders for me. It's so amazing how easy it is to navigate. If you want to sell products, t-shirts, soap scents, whatever, whatever it is, Ryan, you want to sell, this is the way to do it. Uh, you could see what your best seller is right there. Analytics, uh, how much you're making this month, uh, what products are selling the best. It's really fantastic. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to, to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering
1: outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere.
0: all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Netflix, Battle Creek, Michigan, 1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy great including melissa mccarthy jim gaffigan hugh grant amy schumer max greenfield christian slater sarah cooper bill burr and many more friday may 3rd only on netflix So back home, let's go back because we didn't really talk about that. So your parents were always there. They were always good because you started modeling and acting at such a young age.
2: Yeah, it was weird though because I wanted to. Like everyone's always like, oh, wait, you were a child actor. Why aren't you more fucked up? The reality is like they didn't really know why I was so obsessed with wanting to do all that. You know, obviously there was a lot of music in the house and I I was kind of a nerdy creative kid. And my mom said I came home from kindergarten one day and said like, yeah, I'm an actor. Why am I not in a play? She was like, I
0: don't, I don't know. We'll what do you mean why you're an actor? Had you done anything? Or you just said no, I'm an actor.
2: That's just, oh, yeah. I just was like born thinking of myself as an actor for some reason. So um, they were really supportive, I think, in a way that was helpful to me to be like a whole person eventually because they just didn't, they weren't interested in it in the way that I think stage parents seem to be interested in it. They were like, well, as long as you do well in school, you can do this for fun. So it was always the thing I so did So you found
0: an agent in Arlington, Illinois?
2: It was crazy I, I mean, we—literally, it was like in the stars or something Like really, it was like in my fate Because when I was like three years old We would be in an elevator And someone would be like, you know, I'm a talent agent I, she, she, You should really get your kid into this Because I was really talkative and not shy And all this stuff And my parents were always like, no, no, no. We've heard all these horror stories. This is not going to happen. And then I would make them take me to Woodfield Mall to line up to audition for the, you know, Woodfield Mall. Woodfield. Yeah. To line up for the back-to-school fashion show auditions. And, like, a thousand kids would line up to audition for the fashion show. And they would only pick 25. And every year I was one of the 25. And the people judging that contest were agents. So every year, those agents would come to my parents and say, you know, we're interested in my parents. we like, no, 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 we don't. We've heard all these horror stories. And then as I got a little bit older, closer to 10 years old, I decided to um, like have a deeper conversation with my parents about it. Where I was like, well, what if we try and, you know, if they ask us for money or anything weird, we'll just say no, but at least we'll try And luckily, my parents were open to that. And they're like, all right, let's try it, you know? Let me guess.
0: You were like the first
2: audition you booked. No, no, no. I was not the first audition. But, you know, I did a lot of print modeling as a kid and then sort of started with that and then that turned into commercial auditions. do you keep any of those old pictures or anything oh my mom has like albums of them do you everywhere. ever does she
0: ever show you look how cute
2: you were there's a lot of those pictures oh, are, around the too. house <laughs> i appreciate that
0: well her saying um
2: yeah. but uh i haven't seen them in a while but they're around they're definitely around
0: you should post some of them
2: I, I i think i have a couple times in the past hmm. i don't know
0: what about you did a commercial with michael jordan
2: I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated for Kids with Michael Jordan. Was he cool? He was. I was so stark struck and nervous. Like I was I was eleven. Did you get his autograph? I did, but you know what's really sad? I had throw him sign no, I didn't throw it away, but I had him sign Air Jordan's which You wore. I wore.
0: And it just got rid of the autograph.
2: No, the autograph's there. But can you imagine if I had him sign Air Jordans that he personally gave to me? How much those would be worth now? And instead, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to wear these to school."
0: So you have them still? Yeah, I have them still, and they're signed, and they're signed, but they're dirty.
2: But they're dirty.
0: Frame them, <laughs> or, or I'll buy them. How much do you want for them? I don't know. I'm, I'm just... not kidding around. <laughs> oh God! Now that's exciting. Like you're you're a Chicago Bulls fan, Rob? You you are too, obviously. All yeah. Cubs and all that shit. I would buy those off you. I, you say they're not worth anything. I would give you. $250 for a
2: Oh, well, that's it. Yeah. I've got a
0: signature and a napkin somewhere if you want to buy that. And that's shit. But her... First of all, she's a celebrity. They're
2: tiny Air Jordan. You know what? They're
0: like... $500. Little, little girls. With...
2: $1,000. I don't want to give them up.
0: $1,000 and you can buy them back anytime for 10% interest.
2: I, no, I I don't think they're for sale. By the way,
0: wouldn't it be weird if I had little girl Air Jordans? I just thought <laughs> be about that. So weird. Yeah. Why did you? Oh, look at these. Aren't these cooler? Signed by Michael Jordan, but by your sister. I mean, mm. yeah, that's weird. I didn't think of that through. It's a little weird. I don't want them. Okay, I'll keep them. I never had Michael Jordan's autograph. That would have been really cool.
2: Yeah, I felt cool for a second.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And you wore them to school.
2: Yeah. It's so and you're like, sad. look at my shoes, man. It was not going to help my social situation. Were you always smart in school? Yeah.
0: What's eight times 11? 88. Okay. Just throwing it at you. It was an easy thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank
2: God it was easy because I can't do math anymore. (laughs) Really? I used to be very good. I used to be quick. I used to, I would practice for the um, math tests, you know, like they'd have those pages and pages and it'd be like, how many can you do in five minutes or whatever? And I would get the pages from the teacher and then go home and practice them. And then I'd be like, ready, you know, and I'd always win. You're always good. But I can't do, I can't. What's
0: a symbol for potassium? I have no idea. Rob. That's, is that K? Yes, it's K. You got it, Rob. Wow. You you wanted to be an actor always. And I guess so you started doing plays in high school. Mm-hmm. And you were also cheerleading. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing everything. You were, were you popular?
2: Uh-uh. No. You weren't popular. I had, like one friend. You were modeling
0: uh-huh. as like a 14-year-old kid. You're yep. with Michael Jordan and you had one friend. Yep. Wearing, that's, you know why? Because they thought you were a bitch because you had those fucking Michael Jordans on. Yep. He's a pompous little sister, isn't she?
2: Yeah. What was it? There were multiple things that happened. I had an unfortunate sort of social incident when I was like 8. What happened? Ah. Uh... <laughs> Well, you went down that rabbit hole. I know. Well, I mean, I don't know how else to explain why I was so unpopular. Basically, I mean, I peed in my pants in front of the school. Like that was like, but it's a long story. I wrote a movie about that. It's a long story getting to how that happened and why that happened. And it was it's a very specific reason how we got there and how that happened. Um, But it was just one of those things that like once that happens and you're going to school all the way through high school with the same group of kids, I was sort of raised in a way where we were taught to always turn the other cheek you know like never fight back or... yeah and, and i understand it as an adult looking back i understand that mentality but i think it really would have served me to have just stood my ground a little bit and um and so in addition to that having happened i didn't ever really stand up for myself so it became kind of sport to make fun of me and that never went away and that kind of just stuck with me. And then Do they have
0: a nickname for you.
2: God, I can't even imagine. I'm sure. And then I was away a lot because I was doing modeling and acting and all this stuff. So then, and in addition to all of that, I wasn't there. It's so much easier to continue to grow that mythology about someone when they're not around, uh, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, it's funny. Cause there, I, when I, I think maybe it was Jesse, somebody was saying around one of my, the one really good friend that I had at, from grade school, um, Eileen, we were home for holidays or something, and he was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Of course she didn't have any friends and, like, sort of thought I was making it up. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. I would not wish on anyone what she went through. And she doesn't even oh, know the half of it. Oh, my God, and, so, and, no, and I'm not saying that, like, oh, poor me. I'm just saying... Well, you were bullied. Yeah, bat terribly. And so she, she really has, was so sweet to go to bat for me like that and just be like, listen, I heard even more than she heard, and it was bad. So you know how kids are like
0: it's terrible it's just like you know not every it's it all comes from parenting too parents got you know they don't teach all the you know i i had kind of i guess my parents were pretty dysfunctional they were you know we've mm. talked about that at nauseam. but uh they always wanted me to be nice to people yeah. and never be mean it's very midwestern and though so yeah maybe it that's is that's
2: i think there. it's almost even more cultural than it is parenting you know yeah. it's like a very midwestern thing that i think really Probably serves all three of our lives in certain ways, and then also can sort of undermine us in other ways. You know, it's like it's very tricky sometimes to just go like, you know, what this person's not going to like me. I-, I have to just be okay with it. You know, do you
0: think anything that you do now, you're acting, you're modeling, you're away, sort of like you wanted to be away because of all that that was going on, probably, and maybe that's why you're you've become so much of a workaholic so much of like there's kind of that there's got to be some psychology yeah, well, I mean, there's like a
2: real safety in that because i have right. control over that i have control over how hard i work i have control over you know going the distance and making sure i show up and do a good job i don't have control over whether or not someone likes me or uh i like you well, i
0: appreciate Rob,
2: that
1: i like you too thanks yep.
2: guys I like you <laughs> so you're likable so you know i i'm sure there's something to that and and also i just i always really did dream big you know there were just all you these... wanted to be a movie star well i wanted to, i wanted to make things i had no interest in being famous i actually never really thought about it because i thought i was going to be on stage and you don't really equate fame with theater right. you know yeah. i was like oh i live paycheck to paycheck and like had this romantic idea of living in new york and being a theater actor and and that was what i was sort of imagining you know yeah. i i didn't really know to imagine the TV film side of all of it. So that all is something that I had to kind of come to terms with and adjust to and figure out in in a different way as that started happening. So it was more just like I wanted to make things. I wanted to direct plays. I wanted to make a character. I I just, I want to make things, you know, and I get so excited about that that that's when it becomes hard to say no. And you just
0: did, like you went to Steppenwolf and then you've done, you were in in the last decade, you've done a couple of Broadway shows, right? Mm -hmm. How demanding, To, to me, I don't know. I don't know what happened to me, but I was in college and I did a lot of theater and I got out of college and I did off Broadway stuff and, you know, I mean, way the hell off Broadway, like New Jersey Broadway. Sure. And then I just, I don't know. Then I started getting TV work and I was like, I mean, it's just the money's so much better and I could live so much better. And. Those three hours on stage every night, and sometimes a double show one or two nights, mm-hmm. and the same. My biggest issue was doing the same fucking thing over and over. And I have a problem with that. Even when I'm on a show, yeah. I'm playing the same character. It's hard for me. I almost like, after I did the pilot of some of these shows, i yeah, are like, like, okay, I did great. it. Right, I did that character. I, did a, I thought I did a great <laughs> job. Let's go to the next role. Yeah. And I wish it could be like that because I guess that's movies. You do yeah. three months in a movie, so that's great. So TV, unless it's like now they do eight to ten episodes a year, and that's more appealing to me. That, me because too. Because then yeah. I do three or four months, and then I'm done for the rest of the year. Yeah, and that's great because I just I do get bored, and I put so much into it. Do you exhaust yourself with work? Do you know how to balance yourself? Like, do you get home and I gotta study these lines inside out over and over and over and over to the like? Are you a perfectionist?
2: No, I don't think so. Not with learn, not with with learning lines like that. I I feel like I have a system that works for me with that. I please
0: tell me the system.
2: I I usually write every line three times, and I have I feel like I completely see the line differently when I write it because the punctuation kind of disappears and it's like a different tactile experience with the with the the, with the lines that you're saying so you just
0: write it i mean so you look at it each
2: like let's see you have a scene it's like in the first line i write the first line three times and then i write my second line three times and then and then i'll get all the way through it and then i'll do the whole scene just one line one time per line all the way through and then if i still feel like i need some time with it i'll run lines with my assistant or whoever will run lines with me but usually once i've said it out loud two or three times i know that i know it and then i do a ton of character work and i do hours and hours and hours of like digging diving figuring out who i think this person is but i don't fixate on on it like in a sort of perfectionist line by line way i it's more like okay i know this is in me i know i have these lines and now i want to figure out who this person is and then kind of let the two things come together
0: do you ever you ever on set and you just can't get it you can't find it. It's not coming there.
2: It's you very know, rarely. You
0: know your I, line's coming. You're disconnected and you can't remember that line. Or I you really like got I a had, sharp memory. I
2: have a pretty sharp memory, but it's this muscle that I've been, you know, it really is a muscle, I think, that has been in motion for most of my life. But I there were a couple of times, I think, on House where we worked such crazy hours on that and I was so tired all the time. You know, I think there was probably one or two times where I just couldn't get a medical word or something, you know. Just couldn't get it. Yeah. And I did eventually, but it just, you know, I just mean like tripped over it a couple times instead of just getting it, you know. I get.
0: I tend to get really embarrassed. I usually like to get it in the first take and then I get really confident. I got it now. Let's really make it great. Yeah. If you don't get it in the first two times, now you're just struggling to get the fucking lines out. Yeah. Now your performance is affected.
2: Yeah, no, I don't ever want that. I always like to know that I know it well enough that it's never going to affect my choices.
0: I once yelled out in the middle of the set. I go... I'm not good today. I'm not good. Everybody, mark your fucking calendars. And you know what? That's how I do it because everybody started laughing. Yeah, and, and it, it diffuses me, then it. And it diffuses. And I have a I have a tendency to do that where I just want to diffuse things, make people laugh, make people kind of like, and we and they're all there with me. Yeah, you know, I no, have that's it. great. I don't. Are you like that on set, or are you kind of quiet? Do you like make friends? Do you like to? preserve your energy. It
2: depends on the set. It depends on the character and it depends on the day, to be honest. Like there was days on Once Upon a Time where I could be completely lighthearted and talk to anybody and everybody and whatever. And there's days where I just you know, I had to cry all day or, you know, whatever. And of course I'd be a little bit more quiet that day. I'd have to sort of keep myself in a weird headspace to get through it. Or um you know, I think it's easier to be a little more lighthearted on shorter shorter schedules. You know, like if you're doing a film You're only going to be around these people for whatever, 20 days or 30 days or whatever. When you're doing a show for six years and it becomes like a second family, I'm not as like, oh, hey, how are you? You know, because I'm like, I'm going to see you every day for the next six years. Um, And it just becomes a little bit more of a chill interaction. But it really just does kind of depend on what the scenes are that day.
0: Can you uh, get a paragraph the night before and, and memorize it for the next day easily?
2: Usually, with yeah, with straight, I, this you don't, know, is... it
0: doesn't freak you out. You're not at dinner with someone like talking to your friend Nancy, and you're like, <laughs> Oh, no, Nancy, I just got an email. Oh my god, they changed the pages. I got three new pages of dialogue for tomorrow morning. First up, that mm-hmm. doesn't make your heartbeat, that doesn't make you sweat a little, that doesn't give you some, uh, uh you know, some hives because it does me.
2: I would love Still. to have more time than that, but no, it doesn't freak shit, me. Shit,
0: who are you? Why are you so together? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why are you so together, Jennifer Morrison? There's not. I'm trying. There's besides the pissing in the pants, which a lot of kids do. You just happen to do it in front of other fucking kids.
2: Not a lot of people. You
0: seem like you're. You're. Look, first of all, you're intelligent. You're fit as shit. You're fancy, but you're not fancy. <laughs> you, you know, you've you've done well for yourself. You're directing. You're producing. You even I read had an associate producer credit on Glee. Yeah. You brought Glee to the creator. Yeah. And you got only a fucking one first year associate producer credit. Well, that's a whole other story that we can't get into. <laughs> Did you get any money from these guys? No. Oh my god! I want to. I want to hire a lawyer for you. No, no, no!
2: It's all good. It all, it all works out, out the but you way know it's why? To. But
0: you still did that, didn't you? You still brought. And the- I,
2: you know, honestly, like for me, I always believed in Ian as a writer, and I I still believe in him as a writer. I think he's exceptionally talented, and I also believe that that show was such a special moment on television. And I feel very proud to have been even a small part of it, because I think that was a turning point in terms of what was on television and what people were being open to, you know, a that putting that much music on television, which most people didn't know what to, they were totally terrified of music when we were shopping that script. And now everyone's like, yeah, of course, Glee, you know, like, yeah, well, before Glee, there wasn't Glee. So then no one knew what to do with Glee at the time. Um And that was Ryan Murphy's genius, figuring out exactly how to handle that music. But the that that were on there, the LGBTQ issues that they covered yeah, and, and opened up on television. The idea of sort of seeing the inside of the life of these kids who were in the music department, who were theater kids, who were creative and maybe would have been teased or, or made fun of in some way. And and it, it was giving the world a chance to see this different side of, of those kids. And so I, I feel like all I care is that the world got that show, you know. I feel very lucky to have been a little, I think little tiny part I think of that. I think that's
0: amazing. And I think you're being very kind. But I think there's probably a party that's just still like, you know, hey, it was a huge success. And I brought you the thing and I helped you sell it. And, you know, I need some more some something. I mean, that's just life. But that's happened to me many you know, times. It happens, and you it know, happens.
2: you learn from those experiences. I could have protected myself better. I could have made better decisions up front in terms of uh, how I positioned myself, and you know, all those things. and And I don't think you get to, to the place that I am now without learning those lessons on your own, you know, people can tell you and they can say, Oh, you should have had this contract or you should have had this agreement, sure. right? you know, and you, you just, and learn. you just don't know until you've been through making those mistakes on your own. And luckily I made that mistake in a way that I still can feel very proud of my involvement. You know,
0: well, Jane Lynch lives four houses down. If oh, you really? want to go talk to her.
2: No, she's amazing. She
0: is amazing. She's incredible. Yeah. She's so fucking funny. She's
2: so funny.
0: <laughs> uh, what was the first thing that, that your parents when you were so proud of that you got, uh, a TV show. What was the first like acting role? That, yeah, that was like holy shit.
2: Well, I mean, I I booked Intersection when I was thirteen. Who was in that movie? Richard Gere and Sharon Stone. Oh
0: yeah, that was a big movie. It was a big part.
2: Yeah, I played their daughter. And um, how old were you? Thirteen. Oh my god playing a little bit younger i mean i was a, i was a really young 13 i looked maybe 10 but yeah that was that was wild you know that was life-altering in a way that i don't think i even understood was life-altering because at 13 i was like this is cool i had no idea who richard Gere or sharon stone was i wasn't allowed to watch r-rated movies so i was like, <laughs> I was like well these really nice people are letting me play their daughter well, um, you're fearless
0: at 13, aren't you? Totally. When you're on set, you don't care. You take any direction and you're perfect. Do you have that same kind of ability? Because a lot of kids, I think like Haley Joe Osmond, I'm not saying, I'm not discrediting him. I'm just saying some child actors, they're so brilliant because they're so uninhibited. Yeah. And then fast forward and you lose that. I know I've lost a little mm-hmm. bit of that. I'm sure that I've lost that certain, you know, swagger, that certain kind of like, but I mean, I still have it, but I still think that when you're younger- Although me, it was different because I wasn't a child actor. I really didn't start till later. But for you, did you have that?
2: Well, I mean, early on, I think no matter what age you start, there's a freedom because you're you're not overly planned in what you're doing. You haven't kind of worked out your system or your method of conquering something in some way, Um, which it's great that you can – work that you know that actors and artists work that out because you have to be able to deliver and you have to be able to deliver no matter how you feel that day if you're sick if i mean i've literally been like throwing up in a bathroom with an ad going like are you done because we're ready for you um
0: unbelievable those days Those days are rough
2: you know we we've all been there and um so it's important to have that that skill set and that ability to kind of conquer things no matter what but you do sort of lose the the joy of that freedom of like feeling something for the first time and experiencing something for the first time. And I think I've gotten better at kind of returning to that since I've been directing because I have more faith in the process. I have more faith in the editing. I have more faith um, just in the plan for the film because I've been through it now enough times that I, I kind of see how that all goes together. And obviously you have to trust the director to make good choices, but... I used to feel a lot of pressure having done so much television that I had to deliver in every take exactly right. And I'd be you know, good and ready. We had to be so able to move on yourself. after one take or whatever. And I realized in being in the editing room so much now that oftentimes when people are looser and they kind of screw up at times or drop something or try something new or take a different turn with something that you don't expect, More options. that you get all these interesting options. And when you start to, build that all together, it makes really, really compelling performances. And so I've, I've really lightened up on myself and I feel like I've gotten back to a, a freer place since having started to direct when I'm acting.
0: Do you have fun? Honestly? I do. Do you go to work every day excited? I do. No matter what the role is?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, because I still feel like even if it's a character that is under my skin in some way or I'm frustrated with, I still... I mean, I still get that rush. I can be super, super tired. And then as soon as we do the first take, my adrenaline is like pumping, pumping? you know? So um, it could be four in the morning and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do this. And then we do like one take and I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) You know, like. When's the last time you had butterflies with someone? Like real butterflies. They they exist. You recently did. Yeah. How recent? This troubles me.
2: <sighs> no, it was like it was probably about a year ago. It's a not, year ago. I'm not seeing that person but, anymore. But
0: no. you had butterflies.
2: Yeah, I, I've, I've
0: only had that a couple of times. Isn't that a miraculous feeling? It it's is. A, it, you can, and sometimes you try to get it back.
2: But, yeah, but, you can't really. But you've I think lost
0: that loving feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: I guess that's true. I I think like the unexpected is where that comes from. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. feel like I think that even with someone you've known for a long time, um, just. I don't know. As I've gotten older, I feel like we all are very similar. It's like we want to be understood and we want to feel uh loved, you know?
0: Unconditionally.
2: Not like you're not going to run
0: away. Here's this is who I am.
2: Yeah, I mean, but I think unconditional is a tricky word because when you say unconditionally, I I've been in relationships that were emotionally abusive. When you know that there's a dynamic between you and the other person that is really unhealthy you know uh, where certain people activate you or vice versa and, and you can't
0: let that go you can't dismiss no, that as unconditional no. and, and, right, I, and, I and i've also I been you. with
2: people who have addiction issues and Ooh, yeah. that led oh. to certain things that were unhealthy and and it didn't mean i loved them any less it didn't mean i didn't stop fighting to help them get healthy or or support them through that but i i had to as i was growing up and going through different relationships get to a point where i was like oh there has to be a line there there has to be a line because you cannot just give yourself up to letting some someone use you as their punching bag in some way and emotional punching bag no one's ever hit me you know i just think that
0: that's because you kick their ass you're you're in such (laughs) shape
2: so i think unconditional is a tricky word because i think it's I think it's a beautiful thing to to stay and to to be present and to know that there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be beautiful moments and there's going to be sort of mellow moments and whatever in relationships. But I think you do have to have a sense of your own boundaries and know what's when those boundaries are. I have a rule. Yeah. There's
0: some rules. Not ru- I don't have rules. Mm-hmm. They're not rules. They're more like if I go on a date with someone and they get shit-faced on the first date, Probably not going to go out with them again. Yeah, that's a, that's a major flag. If they're like, "Oh, I drink three or four times a week," right? I'm not going to go out with them. Right. I don't want. I, I look out ahead of time. I don't want to waste any time in terms of those things. Yeah, you there's have addiction, certain red flags. If you have all these things, I don't want to start out with that. Yeah. You want somebody that's healthy. And I'm sure we've all gone through it where we don't. And it's see tricky because it you
2: can't control who you're attracted to. You know, I you mean, can't. Like,
0: but you can kind of say, "Hey, I know this is not good." I mean, the more mature you get, right. you could hopefully say no to those things.
2: Yeah, exactly. I agree.
0: You agree with that? I agree. Do you love yourself? I do. You do without even blinking an eye. Uh huh.
2: I do. Okay. I've learned. I mean, I I wouldn't have been able to always say that. Really, there were moments. Oh, for sure. I, I I think um I didn't know myself for a really long time. I think it's taken some real serious work to. Do you go to therapy? Yeah, I do. You I do? I have for like ten years. Yeah, yeah, I go to therapy. I love it. Um, I do. Too. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's like. I think especially with what we do for a living, I came to a realization, I don't know, probably five or six years ago where I was like, oh shit, I spend more hours a day pretending to be someone else than I spend being myself i had no idea like i'd be on red carpets and people were like what music do you listen to and i'd be like i don't know i can tell you what music the character listens to you know I'd be like Ooh. where what what books do you love and i'd be like well i can tell you what books the character loves but doesn't know, that like, scare you That scares not. You, right? a, yeah it did and it scared me into getting to know myself
0: <laughs> and how did you do that therapy
2: combination of the therapy and my morning routine is a really big part of that because i learned that I need to get up at least two hours before I have to be at work no matter what time. So even if my call time is 5 a.m., I'll get up at 3. And it seems crazy. Well, even if you
0: don't sleep, well.
2: I'll do my best. I mean, I have I to have- Do you take ha- anything to sleep? No. I have to have at least four hours of sleep. I would prefer to have six to eight hours of sleep, but I have to have four. I can function on four. So even if it's like- going to bed at 11 i know i'm getting up at three to be on set at six i'm going to be a better version of me a more creative version of me and a more settled version of me if i have those two hours to be me before what do you do in those two hours um i get up i make my bulletproof coffee (laughs) and then i put my jazz music on and i write you write i write
0: what do you write
2: i just journal like but it's not it's not like oh, I'm really thinking about this. It's more just kind of getting the busyness out of my mind. Like there's literally days that I'm like, I'm so tired. I had a green juice yesterday. That green juice was pretty good. <laughs> you know, like, it's, like, it's like throwing up what's in my brain, you know? But it's amazing how settling that is. And then also I very, very rarely reread any of it because I'm not writing it to, to have any kind of result. Right. But occasionally I will look back and you start to see patterns, you know, like, oh, wow, I'm really fixated on thinking about this one thing or i've really been bothered by this thing for a long time because it's been coming up for the last six months or you know it's it's an interesting way to start seeing your own patterns because you're so tired at that point in the morning and kind of unguarded that you really are just throwing up your thoughts
0: i don't i don't you know i started to write journals and then i thought you know what if i die someone's gonna read this and it's gonna be be embarrassing yeah but then i'm like aren't you gonna be dead though right but still, it'd be embarrassing knowing that I wrote that. It even would be. I,
2: I agree, and it does worry me. But I. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'd be embarrassed for you. <laughs> I know you would. What an idiot!
2: I feel like I gain too much to to worry. Too much about that. So I do that, and then I go through my emails. I like starting the day knowing that there's like zero unread emails in my yeah, email. Yeah, I'm box. anal
0: about that. I like to just get off those top emails or just drag them to a folder.
2: Love, love Lo- those folders. Love
0: those folders. There's a lot of filled folders. I got to get back to some of those people. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. What's next? I mean, do you? You're 39. You've got everything going for you. Do you ever think? You know, I'd like a family. I'd like to get it going. I'd like to.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the way I feel about a family is this, you know, because obviously it's interesting because it's something people ask women and they almost and you never ha- well, ask men. Well,
0: well no, they, people ask me all the time, but I'm asking you because you had such a great childhood that I'm surprised that, you know. Yeah, you-
2: no, I, so I wasn't saying that as a judgment of asking me the question. I just, calm uh, <laughs> <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, He's but- only asked our female guests.
0: <laughs> That's not true. I ask guys all the time. Never. What are you talking about? <laughs> Stephen Mel we talked about his divorce. Uh-huh. Uh, Tom Welling talked about his divorce. Go on, anyway. Jen. It's I can fine. Go on. I can go on about that. No,
2: it's something that women have to think about differently because of the way we're questioned about it. And I, um I think I always imagined my future with kids in a family. And then I have worked nonstop. I I don't feel thirty-nine. You know, my brain's like, holy cow, this is crazy. I froze my eggs. You know, a few years ago, so that I just kind of took the took the problem off the table. You know, so I it was. I I feel like the. The best way for women to have a real true equal footing with men uh, is to freeze their eggs because um, the reason- Wait, wait, would
0: you say an issue? Would you say The
2: best way for them to have equal footing with men, at least in in a work environment, is to freeze your eggs because oftentimes women have to step away from their careers because they have to stop to have kids because they're worried about the timing. I know people who've married people they probably shouldn't marry or had kids with people they probably shouldn't have kids with because they feel a ticking time clock, you know? And so I didn't ever want to be in that situation because I feel like if I choose to have a family, it's because I want a family unit. I don't need to have a kid by myself to feel okay about my life. I totally respect people who feel that way, but I don't feel sure. that way. But I do feel like if I end up in a relationship with someone where we feel like we want to have a family, we'd like to have a family unit, yes. I want to know that that option is there and it doesn't really that's matter when feel. that happens. Yeah,
0: Well, that's great. I-, I feel like for me too, it's like people say, well, are you never get married? You'd be a great dad. You'd mm-hmm. be great. And I go, yeah, yeah. You know what? I really... Somebody said it so simply because you need to say things certain simply mm-hmm. to me sometimes. <laughs> but they said, you know, my wife and I, we started dating and we just got along so well and really loved each other and did everything, to each other, everything together. And finally, it was just like, I to get married. Yeah. And then we were just married. And then also we're married and we're like... It just felt... Everything just felt like it should. Yeah. And then you had kids. Look, there's always... Mistakes or not mistakes, but right, no. that, But but I like to think that I'm. I just go with the flow. It's like if you meet somebody and it's it's a no brainer, then yeah. there it is. If yeah. not, then wait for the no brainer. Right. Or not.
2: Yeah. And I, you know, that's the other thing is like, I have a great life. You know, yeah, You I've, do have a great life. I've really. You have a, a pool. A, I do have a pool. I don't have a pool. <laughs> you you have, have a hot tub. tub and a sauna. You're doing. Yeah, low. the
0: sauna was like three grand. I got it installed in my backyard. The jacuzzi was there when I moved in. I don't have a sauna. Yeah, but well you will when this show blows up. <laughs> You will be getting a sauna. Um, I
2: don't know what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, you are
0: talking about your pool.
2: Oh, you brought up the
0: pool. No, we went, we went from freezing my eggs in the
2: pool. I'm not sure how we made that. Well, sometimes my,
0: my eggs, my eggs. my. You were
2: thinking about your eggs in my pool, and that's scary. <laughs> no, like, my eggs.
0: <laughs> I'm going to choke on my water, my hint water. You ever drink Kent water, they're good. They don't even give me money. They just give me free product, but they're really good. That's nice. Yeah.
2: No, but oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You know, people have this idea that you have to be married by a certain age or certain things have to happen by a certain age, and it's like I just don't want to force anything. I've I've had long relationships, I've had short relationships, I what enjoy do you look dating. For a guy? I don't know. Partner.
0: Uh I would say it's, it's a tough one. But honestly, isn't it somebody you're just like, I love being around them? Yeah,
2: you wanna be you this want to just want fun. to be around them all this the is just time. It's fun. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. And it's not always going to be easy, but it should start easy. That's my theory. I think it should
0: always be easy. And like, even when it's not easy, it's still easier.
2: Yeah. 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 But you, yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. You want a real part. I want a real partner. But I, I want to be able to share life with someone, you know? Yeah. You want to want to go to a concert with them. You want to want to like go to a ball game with them. You want to want to call them at the end of your day and be like, this was great or this was terrible or, you know. I'm a
0: FaceTimer. Are you a FaceTimer? I am a FaceTimer. I like to see the person. A lot yeah, of people think yeah, and I, I, I I FaceTime my grandparents every day. Mm, I aw. FaceTime my assistant, my friend Rob here. Well, he doesn't have FaceTime. I don't
2: FaceTime my assistant? That's interesting.
0: Well, she's awesome. She's like my <laughs> honestly like my sister. She's family. Okay. She is. I talk to her. I FaceTime her mother and father. That's amazing. It is like they're they're really amazing, and I'm 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 envious because she has. I'm usually envious of people who have good parents. Like I'm not to say like my parent, my dad just turned over a new leaf. He's he's really trying. He's more fun to be around. But for a long, many many years, it was very difficult. My mother's a very difficult person. I love them both right. I, unconditionally. Like I love them. I envy those people that have good parents and just parents that are supportive and love their kids unconditionally. And I know that word, but with parenting, it's
2: different. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. And I, I didn't mean to like judge that word. I just feel like it gets thrown around sometimes in a way that-
0: No, unconditionally?
2: Women in particular sometimes get trapped in feeling like they have to be, Yeah. Like, well, that's... I'm supposed to love him unconditionally. And it's like- Ooh, actually you should have some boundaries you know, I don't
0: think those things when it, unconditional comes in I'm thinking more like Michael's a little immature but he's really responsible Michael's uh, he's always joking about everything mm-hmm. he's always making light of everything you know Mike to me that's I. That's what I think unconditional you just go this is just who he is oh this you is. accept someone for who they are yes right but I'm not talking about like if all of a sudden oh Michael just did heroin he's
1: fine
2: <laughs> that's not what I'm
1: talking about here Jen fair it's okay for your parents to unconditionally
0: love you but right.
1: that sets you up to expect that out of a relationship and yes. that's
0: not good. I agree with that. Like if Jen, you know, if, if Jen was here talking about how she's, uh, you know, drinking four or five drinks a night, I'd be worried about her, and I'd probably ask her if she needs any help. But I, w- I wouldn't date her. And that's I wouldn't unconditionally love her. That's not part of that word. You know what I mean? You have an animal? I do. You have a dog?
2: I have a dog.
0: What's the dog's name? Ava. Ava. That's my mm-hmm. sister's middle. Oh, no, that's her first name. <laughs> No, it's a half-sister. You forgot Why her name. You
2: just messed that up. This is my
0: dad's second marriage. Okay. I love her. She's my sister. But I didn't think like that, you know. Got it. Do you think there's something to be said about, like, if your mother has a kid – If your, like, for instance, my mother obviously gave birth to my brother before she, she – all right, listen to this. I, I'm going to simplify I'm following. You'll follow. You will follow. I'm listening. So my mom was married before. Okay. She had uh, my brother and my sister. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And then married my dad and had me and okay. my brother. Okay. And then my dad remarried and had two other kids. That's a lot of kids. When your father remarries someone and that woman, your stepmother, has a child, mm-hmm. what is that? That's your sister.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. Because it's, it comes they, out no, of the womb. Coming, yeah, but they're coming from another father, not your father. Right. With if that it's woman. A,
0: what's the one that's a father's a step. I think <sighs> the mother is a half.
1: No, it's a half if you're blood related yeah. between one parent.
0: Well, what I, what I just said. Well, no, then so they're, they're both. It half. would be
2: a step. No, it would be a step brother in law.
0: Not brother in law.
2: This is. Because oh, yeah. in
0: law's marriage. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: So it would be my. But they came to him through marriage. because I think if it comes
0: out of the mom's womb, you're closer with that person. Okay. Because it, you both came out of the same thing.
2: Oh, your mom's. Yeah, it, oh, I see. So, but if
0: you came out of a different regime. <laughs> Does this make sense at all? It does though, in a weird way. You're thinking Uh, it it does make sense.
2: Oh, no, in my, brain. my mother had
0: some two kids out of her vagine, <laughs> and am I closer than them that my father who had sex with a woman and it came out of her vagine, right. who I'm not related to? But it's am, still his, and that's But it's step. still your father's. That's it's your
2: not s- someone else's with that woman. To me, there's something closer about it than a
0: mother's vagine.
1: Yeah, they're they're your half-sibling, then. What? If yeah, but that. But either
2: way, it's brother. a
1: half-sibling.
0: Right. It's a half-sibling. Well,
1: Unless she had a kid with someone else, and then they got married,
0: then they become a step-kid. Terrific question, Jen. How many times has my sister been married?
2: How many times has your sister been married? Well, according to the signal, I just got across the room three.
0: Four. You were wrong, Rob. You, don't, <laughs> you don't know me at all. Four. My sister's been married four. Mom's Wait, three. Wait, so
2: what? So, But you've never been married, right?
0: I haven't been married. Don't shake your head and look down like this is an impossibility. Like no, an don't deflect thing. the question over there. Listen to me. <laughs> I have, I have matured, matured.
2: I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you, I haven't been married. You haven't been married. The
0: reason I haven't been married, like, look, I, it took me a while. I guess, you know, I'm I'm 46 now. Mm -hmm. And I think through my twenties and early thirties, I was kind of like, you know, and there's a difference. Let me tell you something. There's a difference between a player and there's a difference between just a guy who goes out with a lot of girls. I was the guy Wait, who went out with a lot of girls. the difference? I'll tell you right now. If you go out with a lot of girls and you're honest about everything and you're just like, hey, I'm not looking for anything, That's there's nothing fucking wrong with that. I don't care what anybody says. That's true. If you're a player and you're just talking girls into going out or sleeping with you, yeah. or, that's a player. You're kind of promising you're, things you're that you're You're just not, promising yeah. things. And, and I know people like that. I, I, I used to know people like that, but I never was that guy. I was never the guy who was like, I love you. The word love, if you get me to say love, I fucking love you. Right. All right? Yeah. So when I hit about 35 years old, that's when I really started getting into relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, I had some long-term relationships. And that's, and I felt that I just, I like that. I like to, you know, I don't like dating. It's not fun. No. It's like, you know, it's, I don't have time. I have this. And you're like, my friend wants to hook you up. I don't know this. Just the dating. I I just don't really have time for it. So what I do is I go on a lunch date. Because lunch is Mm, not a date. Interesting. Lunch, unless you know someone a little bit, Mm -hmm. but lunch is an hour. That's true. Hey, how was your burger? Great. It was so nice meeting you. If you like them enough, you say, hey, let's turn that burger into a steak. <laughs> or let's go vegan. Let's gratias madres. <laughs> What's it called? Madre, <laughs> is it? Let's madres. Gra- do you know what I'm saying? I do. So I like to do that. Make it casual and easy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then if it goes in- – because I don't want to waste anybody's time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend three hours on a date with someone I, I'm just not no. – right off the bat I'm not into. Yeah. And that's that's
2: that's it. That's it. Okay. Where, where was I going with that? No, you are talking about the difference between a player and, a, and oh, yeah, someone about who dates that, a lot of people. then I started
0: dating you – know, because ultimately I like to – you know, at the end of the day, like you said, it's nice to call someone and FaceTime them before you go to bed and go blah, 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 blah about your day and laugh and go, oh my God, here's my dog. Look at the puppy's face. Isn't yeah. that cute? And just the same. And you just go, when you watch a movie and you fall asleep or you watch Dateline or you, yeah. you go out to eat or you just show up on their set or yeah. you, and you just support them, man. Yeah. That's and like It's nice. When two people support you unconditionally, mm-hmm. and we know, we'll, we'll use that word loosely.
2: I feel like I've ruined your experience of the unconditional. No,
0: way. no. I think that's very... I think that's smart to, to because I think some people might misinterpret yeah, that Yeah, I can word. Do the
1: wrong impression. Well, yeah, it's yeah, also – I, that, I mean smart. you
2: just saw it being at the conventions and stuff and the fan base that – specifically for Once Upon a Time is a lot of young women. Yeah. And I'll, I'm learning in this experience with the show that it's a lot of young women who don't necessarily have a lot of role models at home. And they look to the characters on the show as their role models or as people who set the example for them. And I get asked a lot of questions that I never expected to be asked by strangers, you know, and these girls put a lot of, um stuck into the answer that I give them. So I try to be thoughtful about it. And, and I feel like I've had a lot of conversations over the years with young women who are not necessarily in healthy situations. And that's kind of why I became sensitive to it, because I've just happened to encounter a lot of women sort of looking for advice or guidance that I'm not really, you know, it's not like I'm a therapist. It's not like I'm qualified to give answers to that. But no matter what I say, I'm trying to be as responsible about my answer as possible because I feel like they really are looking to me and the character in some way to be some kind of guiding light or Do something. Do you feel
0: like at these conventions, a lot of people don't understand, like, first of all, conventions are, they're an amazing thing that some of us are lucky so to lucky. be a part of, like, yeah. you know, on a sci-fi show or something that just hits the, uh. The public in a certain way and affects them over many years and they just uh, there's a connection and so you go to these conventions, you sign autographs, you do panels, you do pictures and I like to look at it as some people are like wait you, you know some people you know say well so these people pay for a freaking mm. audit and I'm like well you don't realize this First of all, I went to f- conventions before I was an actor. Oh, I, love that. I, I went to horror movie conventions and uh-huh. paid 15 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it yeah. was, to get a guy from Night of the Living Dead's autograph mm-hmm. or whatever, and I just and slept with five guys in a one-bedroom hotel room. Yeah. So I love that stuff. So when I go to these things, it's like imagine we go to Cabo or we go to somewhere special for a vacation, somewhere mm-hmm. fun. For the people that go to the conventions, to them- This is their vacation. This is what they've saved up for. Mm -hmm. So they can cosplay. They can shop. I buy shit all the time. I just bought this awesome Dracula portrait that's Uh coming from the last convention we were at. It's like a vacation for them. So when they go there, they're going to say, I'm going to get Jennifer Morrison's autograph. And I get a picture. I'm going to go to her panel. And then I'm going to (laughs) skip over and go to Dave Bautista from Guardians of the Galaxy. If we have time and maybe a few dollars left over, we'll go to Michael (laughs) Rose. You know what I'm saying, and so I'm okay with that. And what I do, what I don't like seeing is when actors show up and they don't really—they just sign, and there's no. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. see much of that because mostly everybody's cool. Everybody's got. Yeah, their own personality. I think the people
2: who kind of get on that sort of bandwagon they're there for the right reasons you know yeah, i mean, i
0: hug everybody i'm yeah. like laughing I'm, i want to talk to my cry like some people tell me like the, that's why i started talking about this about your story because i'm sure there's t- it's emotional yeah like, like how would it how did i how could a tv show or a movie affect someone's life it's amazing like yeah, i have guys from iraq saying your smallville dvds got us through I'm yeah. like, what what are you talking about you're the bravest people in the world you got it's us through
2: really wild i know it's it's such an interesting mutually loving relationship i guess you know it's like we get to do what we love because they watch the show and then what they're sort of getting out of the show or projecting into what they're watching gives them something in their life it's really something i didn't expect and will never stop taking me by surprise to be honest
0: um this is so awesome i feel like i could talk to you forever (laughs) i mean you're really easy to talk to
2: thanks We've done your research. Your well, I really haven't. I got research. this
0: this morning and I just kind of glanced over. I really don't do a lot because mostly I want to just talk about you and find things out. I want to know some things. Mm-hmm. Bill Meeks at Bill Meeks dealing with the once once fandom was like the once upon a time. So you just uh-huh. explain that. Yeah. Um, they could be rascals, he said. Oh, really? What does really?
2: that mean? I don't know. I think, um, you know. Hardcore, tough. I, I had this realization at a sporting event. A few years ago, I was at a baseball game. I promise this is going to come back to this question. It's going to seem like a real diversion, but we're. I promise, I'm aiming at this right. because I, you know, pl- I played piano as a kid. I played instruments as a kid. I did all these things where it required a lot of practice and a lot of sacrifice to do something well. And so, I really, my heart, it really goes out to anyone who has to like really sacrifice to do something well. And I feel that for all athletes, because you have to, you have to sacrifice so much to be extraordinary enough to play pro ball. So, I'll go to baseball games, and even though I might be rooting for a certain team, I still have a reverence for all the players because I know they've all sacrificed that sure. way to get there, and they've all worked that hard and so i I would get riled up, listening to people be like, "Yo, fuck you and fuck your mother, your mother's ugly, you know like you whatever they like scream shit at the other team." Because they, it's that's what you do at a sporting event. For some people, you know, like they go and they get their crazy week out by being against the other team. They're
0: passionate. Yeah, or they're competitive. They're... Yeah,
2: and I'll be sitting there being like, "Be nice to them. They've worked really hard. I know they're not on your side, but right. you know." And I mean, that's what I'm feeling <laughs> sure. inside. And I was sitting there in the midst of kind of some negative stuff, kind of coming up on Twitter and Instagram or whatever with Once Upon a Time at the time, and and watching this go down at. at at a baseball game and I was like, oh, Twitter is like, being at a baseball game, you know, in terms of people kind of wanting to pick sides, they want to take their side, they want to have their uh, ship yeah. that they like, they want to, and and they want it to be competitive because they need an outlet for for that energy in their life. They need something, they need something
0: that they're not getting.
2: Yeah, they need to push against something. You know, they need to be mad at something, they need to blame something. Uh, and I th- and I and I believe in that. I think we. It's like why I want to go box. You know, I don't really want to hit someone, but I love hitting the mitts because it, it gives me that like release of. Do you
0: box a little? Yeah. I Box. Yeah. I love boxing. It's great. Not your point. Go ahead.
2: But anyway, so it what I realized and I kind of found peace with was that there was as hard as it can be sometimes to have negative things said about a show or a performance or two characters being together or whatever there is something actually healthy about people expressing themselves that way and sort of having an arena to get that out. And I just sort of started looking at it like, oh, we're just sort of part of a sporting event in some way, you know? And and I think if they were really in front of me, wouldn't necessarily be like, I hate you because you didn't end up with this guy on the show. They
0: don't really hate no. you.
2: No, yeah, they'd be like, I love the show, but I love to like get frustrated about this or whatever. So, you know, to each his own. And, um, and I think ultimately – if you're what you're doing for a living creatively is getting people talking and riling people up and giving them something to interact over like that that's a win you know
0: what, did that, what katie lang say? was a katie lang let's give them something to talk about yeah. remember stepbrothers exactly. remember when he sings yes. that yeah. you remember when he sings that to john c riley yes. and she goes he goes no sing and he goes <laughs> let's give talk about love 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 I, was like, I don't know i was just i don't know i don't my voice it's not really good right now oh my god movie's <laughs> <laughs> what at Cal Levi what film franchise would you like uh, you like to be a part of
2: <sighs> um that's a good question I really I don't know if they're gonna make any more of them but I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I only
0: watched the first two
2: yeah I really like those I feel like that We're would
0: good. be fun. I'm friends with Dominic Monaghan, name dropper.
2: Oh, yeah, He
0: was on the show. He's great, man. What a guy. And he just got a role in Star Wars. Oh, wow. What a lucky fuck, right? I Star mean... Wars, Lord of the Rings, the two biggest trilogies. Just... He could just do conventions the rest of yeah, his life. Yeah, totally. Well, Emily Sudol, love her at An Sue. Uh, what was your favorite house quote from Hugh Laurie?
2: I always have trouble remembering stuff. Me I'm too. sure that there was something that, that was better than this. But the thing that I always remember because I felt like it was kind of the central theme of this of the show was um, everybody lies.
0: Everybody lies. Yeah,
2: that was the, okay. that was sort of the that was kind of the underlying thing for house in every episode because um sounds like house of lies. The doctors that they interviewed for the show always said there's always a door doorknob question. You know, you go in, you you like examine the patient, you ask them all these questions, and you go, "Is there anything else?" And you go, "Oh no, no, I'm I'm good, I'm good." And then the doctor turns around, and they put their hand on the door, and they go, "Well, actually, there's always like a well, actually, when their hands in the right, door, right. and then and then you can sort of unwind the previous lies, is what these doctors said. You know that everyone sort of doesn't even realize how much they lie about their medical history, and so anyway, David Shore really kind of threaded that through, uh, I think, all of the episodes in different ways, in the way that. That how he viewed the world was that he assumed everyone was lying and that's how he could kind of be smarter than everybody else.
0: It was a great show. It was really What good. a fantastic show. I, and I don't watch lucky much. to have been
2: a part of that. It was,
0: it was beyond for a network show too. It was just mm-hmm. like phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Medina, Medina, one hundred and two. We'll finish with this one. What does Jennifer think was the most interesting medical condition that she worked on, diagnosed during House? I think <sighs> I like that question. Come on, wasn't there a guy with like something like with his butthole, something <laughs> like something got stuck in his bee hole? And
2: I'm sure, I'm sure. I don't you remember. remember that one. You no, remember, I'm no. telling you, I cannot tell you how much I forgot from those years of my life. I just remember that I was always be- that there was always some sort of bodily fluid on me in the show. It was like every episode, someone either threw up on me, Urine? coughed blood on me, peed on me. Like I, it was like it was absolutely incredible how often Cameron ended up with some sort of bodily fluid on her.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: That's what I remember the most.
0: This has been really terrific. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. This, is, this, is, you know, it's, it's. I always don't know that, what to say
2: back to well, that. I
0: always. Well, you can say anything. People say many things or nothing.
2: What's the best thing someone said back to that?
0: Um, I enjoyed having you inside of me. Oh, okay, that's been said um, mostly by dudes. No, but this has been a real treat. You know, we sort of knew each other. We met at the con. You helped me get my dog, yeah, because you were like, "This dog's so cute," you, and I was like, oh, yeah, "I'm thinking about rescuing him." And the Utah Humane Society will give a shout out to; you. they've been phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, Trish Helfer took my dog How cool back is with me.
2: She flew the dog. I've already
0: sent her flowers. I'm taking her out to dinner one night. We're buddies, and uh, and funny enough, um, I don't know if you read my Instagram post. Did you read that? I haven't. Oh, of course you didn't. You're too busy. Sorry, it's been a really crazy no, week. No, I'm kidding. I'm key- You listen. I am just. Jo- I'm a joking, joking. Okay. Br- uh, uh, what's his name? I don't know. What it's you're talking about the it guy either. from. Dra- Got Kyle Drago.
2: Oh yeah. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. He carry
0: helps her carry the dog off the train plane. It was like this is Rosenbaum's dog. You know the guy from Game of Thrones.
2: I witnessed that.
0: You you saw that? He really did that. That was a true story. Yeah. I think that's there. so cool. So you were all on the plane. We were all on this the was, plane. This is so my little pup yeah. was in the plane with all these big
2: celebs. Yeah, with all the people from the from the convention. Who else yeah. was there on the plane? You know who else was randomly there who I didn't see until afterwards and get a text from was um Wilmer Valderrama.
0: Oh Wilmer. Yeah. He was Wilmer there, was I didn't know there. he was there. I
2: don't think he was at the convention. I think he was just in, in Salt, Salt Lake, Lake for something else. But he was on the plane and Jason was on the plane, Trish was on the plane. I was on the plane with Jessica, who you met with I me. I love Jessica. She's the best. Shout
0: out to Jessica. Yeah, Jessica Herman. Herman.
2: She loved me, didn't she? She's, yeah. She did. She's great. Yeah. Um, but, um, no, no, she I, loved me, right? No, I mean, like, she loves she, you. She really I, loved I was me. like, I just was like, I should probably quantify that because she like loved you in a friendly way. Yeah, she's getting married. married. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I was total. like, I didn't want to like miss no, no, mis- no, no
0: but I really liked her.
2: Um, but she, yeah, she's there's a reason I drag her to all If these the things. plane
0: went down, if that plane went down, oh, what number would they have read your name on the news?
2: I don't know. I think probably, I'm guessing Jason, Jason would have been first,
0: Jason Moa. Wilmer might have been up there. Wilmer Rama was Wilmer Valderrama, uh, number yeah. two from the '70s show.
2: Yeah, I uh, yeah, then probably th- number three.
0: All right, that's a good. That's number three, top three. Maybe I, I always know. thought like if I ever fly with like Matthew McConaughey, it's like I don't even make the news if I die. <laughs> it's like all right, all right, all right. It's like yeah, Matthew McConaughey died on Delta Airlines Flight 276. Uh, no one cares about anyone else on that plane. Ah. No, that's not true. My mom would care. Of
2: course yeah, she I would. Care. I would
0: care. You would care? Of course. Where do you live?
2: West Hollywood.
0: How many years have you lived there?
2: Since 2011.
0: You love your place? I do. Do you go back to Illinois? Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, my parents still live in the house I grew up in.
0: Are they extremely proud of you?
2: I think so. You yeah. think
0: so? What do you mean you think so?
2: Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're proud of Do they say,
0: me. Jan, I love you every time you talk to them? Yeah. Do you
2: kiss your mom? Uh, I mean, on the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is weird. <laughs>
0: why is it weird? Do you kiss your mom? Like, you know, I I don't give my mom a kiss. I give her a hug. I don't really kiss yeah, her. Yeah, I guess I mean, my right. dad, I am a hugger. I'm, I'm
2: a hugger. I think I'm more of a hugger. Yeah,
0: so why is it a weird question? You hug or kiss?
2: I think we hug. Well, we Rob, hug. what
0: do you do? Hug her. You don't kiss your mom? Nope. You really don't? Uh, Jennifer Morrison, this has been a real treat. I, uh, I'm glad you came on the show. I'm glad and, I came uh, on the show, too. Yeah, I just, yeah, will you come back? Of course. You will?
2: Yeah, no problem.
0: Where can people reach you on Instagram and Twitter?
2: Jen Morrison Live with one N. So J-E-N Morrison Live.
0: And what about Instagram or Twitter? Same thing. They're all Jen Morrison Both. Live.
2: It was because uh, I launched my Twitter. Twi- well, was it Twitter or Instagram? I can't remember which. But on Jimmy Kimmel Live like 10 years ago or something. So that's where the Jen Morrison Live came ah, from. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know where that came from. Yeah. And what's next for you? You're, you're looking to direct again?
2: Yeah, well, I'm developing that project with Sony. I'm attached to an indie film that I'm trying to. Kind of figure out when I want to put my foot on the accelerator with, and then I've been offered a couple of things as an actor. I'm just do, you get, do you get offers
0: all the time? I
2: mean, like every week. What's do you get all an the time? Offer? Not, all, uh, no, not every week. Every other week. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't know about too. Like, there's only certain but things they just that turn down before they get to, you. to me. Yeah. Um,
0: what's the most recent thing you turned down?
2: Well, no, I mean, the most recent thing was not a direct offer yet. It was like, if you sit down with them, this will be an offer. And I wasn't ready to go back to TV. Yeah. Uh Um, But uh, I'll I'll get there. It's just, I just. You need
0: some time. I do. Well, I like hearing you say that. When's the next time you're going to take a two week vacation?
2: (sighs) It was supposed to be right now, but that went away, unfortunately.
0: Why? Why? Because of the Sony stuff?
2: Yeah, the Sony stuff. Because this podcast <laughs> came up a- and I just, uh, no, I mean, things come up that are so tricky. You know, it's like the the Sony thing where you just don't know when certain deadlines or certain opportunities are going to come and you feel like you have to deal with it as it comes. And then, you know, I was just talking to my agents today about a project that's for Showtime that sounds amazing and is one of those things that I would have to chase a little bit. But I feel like we've is got it a it- pilot it's no it's a limited series it's an eight episode mini series the
0: one that takes place in like atlanta or something i
2: don't know i don't know anything oh, about yeah, it this yeah, was, it was like was a good. phone call on my way here but it was just you know it's very rare for them to call and be like we feel really strongly this is a great next move you know it and it's not an offer but um i have a lot of people in my corner on it and it would be a smaller fight than other fights you know and yeah. so then just having to decide like okay am i even just to decide if i want to fight for it i still have to read the scripts i have to
0: do you read scripts pretty quickly
2: i do you like reading scripts i mean yes and no i mean i don't like getting backed up and having a pile of them to work through i i don't like having things like hanging over me that i feel like i need to get done i'd like to just like kind of have stuff taken care of and
0: i think you should just did you ever feel like you're having a nervous breakdown
2: I definitely had those moments. I mean, I'm not having one now.
0: I mean, on this podcast, I hope not. But like, you ever feel like, I'm overwhelmed right now. I just can't do this. I'm directing. I'm, yeah. I'm writing. I'm producing. I'm this. I'm journaling. I'm getting up two hours early every day. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm in the best shape of my life. I can't. I, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm. I've, my eggs are free. Uh, frozen. Freezed. Frozen. Uh, mm-hmm. Freezed. Who says They're freeze? They were freezed. I, I graduated from Western Kentucky, all right? So, I mean, yeah, you probably have to have those days. That's why I'm saying it's not a bad idea to say, hey, agents, I'm taking a little break. Don't call me unless Spielberg's calling. Right. Two weeks. Give me two weeks or two months. Yeah, but
2: see, sometimes it's hard because it's not even the agents that are calling. Like today it happened to be. But like sometimes it comes directly to me because of the relationships that you develop in the industry. So it's like there's not really a way to have a firewall against it, you know? You
0: know what I would do? Mm. If I were dating you, if I was your boyfriend, Uh I'm just saying, Yeah. I would just say, hey, no. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or whatever. Yeah, three days. We're just going up the coast. We're just going to drive. We're going to yeah. go to a cool little place, and we're going to just and just we're going to chill. And we're not. We're going to just turn off our phones and listen to shitty music and yeah. eat shitty food and have some fun.
2: I do feel like do it's easier like for that? me to justify that when I'm seeing someone. I think I, I like I am better at that when I'm dating someone than I am when I'm not. I, I somehow I so feel you like you don't want to be alone. I'm alone all the time. But I, do you
0: like being alone? I
2: don't mind it, but I I I feel like I have more permission for whatever reason in my own brain to kind of you know there, there's maybe it's that Midwestern thing you know if someone's like where were you the last three days it's like oh well you know I haven't seen my boyfriend and we we went up the coast to hang out for three days they're like oh right 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 if someone's like where were you for the last three days so you didn't answer your phone I'm like well I just didn't feel like answering the phone they're like what a bitch <laughs> You know what I mean? Like somehow it's just more justifiable if yeah. there's like a reason, you know?
0: This is one of the longest interviews I've had in a while. Sorry,
2: I can stop talking.
0: No, though. this is my fault. Okay. I, I think the, the problem is I just I just like talking to you.
2: You could but, also like cut out a bunch. I don't really think well, there's not much. Isn't it good?
0: Yeah, it's good. I hope, I hope people <laughs> like this, this as much as I do because well, it's thanks. a real treat. You've been a real treat. We'll, we'll end it there.
2: Okay. Thanks, thanks Jen Morrison. Thank you.